This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Troy sir, and welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development. Or should that be Rob Ryan Rev. In the week the co-owners invested in Formula One, we take a look at what it means for Wrexham and their own race for the podium next season. I'm Rich Fay. I'm delighted to be joined, as ever, by Nathan Salt. How are you doing, mate? How, how are you doing this fine week? I'm I'm fine. I'm currently, I've gone mobile again. So anyone who heard a few weeks ago when I had to go mobile, I'm in the office again, in the little cubby cabin. Um, that's very nice. Got a nice purple background. It's kind of doors closed. No one in the newsroom can hear me chatting all things Wrexham but I'm all I'm all fine um busy old week yeah lots of lots of money pooling around in Formula One which obviously I cover for the mail and uh award season and more money for contracts for the women's team loads to get out I'm all right though I'm good um itching to get out to the US tour now less than three weeks to that Chelsea game ready for a holiday Let's hope they don't roll out the red carpet for you like uh, like Bradford City are saying they, they don't want to do for Wrexham this season. Uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting, that, isn't it? And like we say every week, it's just getting closer and closer. And before you know it, the new season starts. I've, like my, my work rote is almost like sort of showing the first week of, of August now. And it all just feels real. And, you know, we're going to have to hit the ground running. It's going to be pretty thick and fast when it starts happening. So bring it on, really. Bring it on. But as you said there, Nate, it's... By the time you listen to this now, less than three weeks until Wrexham's first preseason game. We'll get on to maybe a bit of transfer news as well towards the end of the podcast. Um, Nick Powell obviously doing the rounds this week. He was in training, not with Wrexham though, but maybe there's a caveat to all that. We'll bring you up to speed on that. But Nave, the most timely thing here is the Player of the Season Awards, which were announced last night when we're recording this podcast ourselves. And... No surprises, really, as you'd expect. Paul Mullen, clean sweep. I know both of us gave our sort of own player of the awards earlier in the season, particularly on robbryred.com as well. Um, if people want to check that out, they can read them as well. But it looks like the players didn't agree with us on all of those. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to argue, isn't it, that Paul Mullen, the best player, has swept the board. That is that is quite difficult to argue as much as I want to, and... Um, and that's nothing against Paul Moore, and I just want to be contrary and, and make the case. I, I did think, you know, Rich, you've been in teams growing up, as have I, and, and we've been around a lot of teams in terms of journalism. Usually that player's player one is is often different to the main player of the year or that there's different things that go into it, right, for 
for the players. So I did think Ben Toza had a good shout at that one, um, given he played every game. Not to be. Paul Mullen, congratulations to Paul Mullen, men's player of the season, um, men's players player of the season, and top goal scorer. So I wonder how big Paul Mullen's mantelpiece is. Do you think he? Do you think he has like a his own glass? I'm glad cabinet you said mantelpiece. Mantelpiece. Do you think he has his own glass cabinet, or, or what do you think he does with all the trophies? Or do they go? Is there just too many trophies that he can't keep them all on display? And you just have to like pick and I choose. Think when you, yeah, I think when you've got his ambition as well of wanting to win more, maybe you have to delay the trophy cabinet till you know you're in the tail end of your career. He might be wanting to add even more to, well, to it next what, season. What are you, years do, ahead, what are you so. doing though? I feel like you know like when you get when it's your birthday and you get cards and some cards go up in prime locations and some cards are kind yeah, of put family down. and close friends. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so he's probably got his National League winner's medal high up there, golden boot, but then you think he's already been promoted with League Two. I mean, is some stuff, is some of these awards getting put on the, the bottom of the fire? Where, where are they going? Back bedroom? Under just the another bed? one, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's that good. He can say, he can say just another one. Yeah, I think I remember, is it Gary Lineker said he, he kept his golden boot from the World Cup in a carrier <laughs> bag in the loft or something? You know, I guess as well, some players be very sentimental and want to maybe show off their awards. Some of them are maybe a bit more modest as well and, and don't need the reminder because they, they've got the proof themselves that they are they are good enough. But yeah, I think there was no real surprises there were there. I mean, when we spoke about play of the awards, maybe initially it was like two months ago. It's probably before the end of the season itself. I think we were both saying that, you know, you could be a bit contrary. You could have these wild card options that we all love in in modern journalism but if you boil it down you take a step back it was only ever gonna be Paul Mullen wasn't it he the man is an absolute machine he's an extraterrestrial talent in the National League he just every week he is he's basically our best player he scores the goals he drags the team through games he does it in the big matches he does it when the pressure's on yeah you, you can make cases for anyone else but it is Paul Mullen. What did Rob McElhenney say? He's one of the best players in the world. Maybe we wouldn't go that far, but I'd certainly say he's one of the best Wrexham players I've ever seen. And I know that'll be a debate for when he's got his actual legacy left behind. And, you know, he's only been here for two two years. There's always going to be the caveat of it's only the National League. Rob Page certainly thinks that anyway. But, you know, he is just as close maybe as it's going to be to a living legend watching Wrexham right now. And it's just a privilege and... I, yeah, I can't wait to see what he does next season because, like you said, he's already completed League Two. I, I think it's it's a weird thing to say given he's just got promoted and all the hullabaloo that came last year. I think this is a huge year for Paul Moen as an individual in terms of as a person who's got his book coming out. You know, He's going to be season two of the doc. I think we'll have even more traction than season one because I, I still see on Twitter now people coming out season one, I've just watched it, they're just catching up with it, they're just being put onto it. Season two, I think, will be even bigger, particularly just given the ending and, and given the FA Cup and all that sort of thing. I then think his book's going to come out. Ryan and Rob are going to be pushing that. Like, no, no else. He's going to have the tour where he'll be the guy that people want the autographs from. I guarantee you at that open training session with Chelsea and Wrexham, it'll be his name that people want um, the autograph of and, and, and kind of pictures with and all that sort of stuff. And I, I just think his fame, and not that he cares too much about that, but his fame right now, I think, will will explode. I, I genuinely think going into 2024, I think Paul Moen's fame will be absolutely un, unparalleled for for kind of the level we're at currently and the level he's been at previously. So I was thinking this the other day, Nate. Yeah. When Messi Mania swiped over, I was almost thinking, 
he could get to the stage where his reputation is big enough to go to the MLS in his later years of his career if he wanted to. So it's a fair point. I mean, again, much of his movement. Philly Union, when you're 35, 36. I know he wouldn't be thinking about that right, yet. Right. But... Much of his movement is about family, though, isn't it? Like, where would his family go? So if, if that was, let's just play hypotheticals that eventually, yeah, Philly Union want to break the bank and get him as one of their kind of like designated players. Um, it's hard because I think he just loves where he lives and loves where he, you know, is, is he from, uh, is it Litherland in, in, in Merseyside, I think? And, you know, very quite comfortable there. And he's, he's given interviews before talking about how he now starts to get recognised when he's out shopping, doing his big shop, um, which doesn't happen to either me or you, which is probably a relief, to be honest, when I'm doing my big shop. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for him. And, and like you say, I can't really argue with player of the season. I, I probably could argue with National League goal of the season, given they picked, I think, the wrong one of his from the Boreham game. They picked the second one. I'd have gone with the first one. We've said that already. Um, top goal scorer with, what was it, 47 goals. Players player of the season. I mean, I just think that that dressing room knows who the best player is and 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 have gone with that. But the one I think that was more interesting, Rich, that was more of a debate I saw on social media, young player of the season. I made my case for it to be Sam Dolby. I don't know, did you end up going with Ryan Barnett? Others definitely did. Yeah, I yeah, I went with Ryan Barnett just because he is one of the most exciting Rexham players I've I've watched in years. He gives me sort of Carlos Edwards vibes, you know, and he just gets you off your seat. He's so excited, so un, un, unpredictable, really, and I love that. But I think, like you said, sometimes you've got to take a, a, a wider step back at the context of the entire season. And if you were to take one of those players' contributions out, who whose would have the biggest effect on the final league table? It probably is Sam Dolby's. That goal at Aldershot, you think of just how reliable he was and some of those big, big moments he had. I know Ryan Barnett was a difference maker and he did help us in some games. We think particularly even sort of boring. What do you think against Notts County as well? He was he was electric in both of those games. And, you know, Notts County particularly, him and Mendy were so crucial to being able to exploit that, that high line that few teams were able to do last season. But Dolby, you know, the other, the other caveat for me for Dolby is Barnett was largely playing full 90s in most of his games. He's playing at least an hour. Sam Dolby is being thrown on with 10 minutes left and saying, we need a goal, try winners this. You know, if Dolby's on the pitch, it usually means that we're either winning comfortably and whatever you do is redundant or we're in desperate need of a goal. So I think the stakes were so much higher for Sam Dolby whenever he was on the pitch, whereas Barnett sort of had that free hit, the free run. So... I think considering how little he played and how young he is as well, I think Sam Dolby, you, you forget what a, what an asset well, he was last season. Well, my, my my counter to, I think, had Ryan Barnett been here the entire season, I think it would have been a landslide victory. And that's not to diminish you know, the, the Sam Dolby winning it or my pick that Sam Dolby should have won it. Um, I just think that the, the, the kind of... The, the sway of support, the swell of support for Barnett is it is massive. And the fact that he probably ran Dolby quite close for the awards, I, I haven't seen the breakdown of it while we record this. Um, but what I would say is we mentioned, yeah, the goal at older shot and he's given big moments in the Cups as well, I think, of Coventry. But what I would say, the biggest credit I can give Sam Dolby is at the start of the season, he was undoubtedly the third choice striker. He was definitely like a tier below... Uh, Ollie Palmer and Paul Mullin. And I think the biggest credit or compliment I can give Sam Dolby is he made that debate about who would play with Mullin a legitimate argument. I remember going down to Dagenham on a Tuesday night where we 
we'd look like absolute Barcelona, prime Brazil. And Oli Palmer played and come back into the team and played really well and had the fire in him and, you know, celebrated like it meant a lot to prove some people wrong. But I think the biggest credit to Sam Dolby is for weeks on end, I think we said on the podcast, I definitely just liked that balance that, that Dolby and, and Moen had together. I think, yeah, the biggest credit for me was that he made that a conversation, made that a, a discussion point for Phil Parkinson and his staff. And, you know, that shouldn't be underestimated given given kind of how far behind he was starting in that race to play regular minutes up top. Yeah, it's fascinating. I also am intrigued. I know that there is talk that Wrexham could be in the market for another striker of the right one that came available this summer. I think certainly, you know, Wrexham always got to be interested in top players. And if another striker who is, you know, sort of League One Championship standard became available and could be added to that pool, I think we'd very much be in the picture to do so. But Dolby and Waters, you know, you've you've got there a backup pairing who you would say would would certainly be as good as quite a few in League Two already. And they're Wrexham's third and fourth choice strikers. I'm just really intrigued to see next season how that dynamic works, how the four of those players are rotated. We keep on saying, you know, it is for your bingo checklist again that we have that strength and depth and we've got the the ability next season to rotate a bit more because we've got the cups, we've got some some lesser trophy games, you know, in the EFL. And, you know, Waters and Dolby. That I'm intrigued to see them even as a partnership, right. you know. I think that's... Quite tasty, yeah. Quite tasty, and that's what we've not had in recent years: is that plethora of options and the, the chance to 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 mix it up if we want to. I mean, and if you're Billy Waters, you're you're going to be looking for more minutes than you got. I mean, I was there to see. I feel like I wanted it on a t-shirt by the end. I was there to see Billy Waters, you know, uh, down at Torquay. As were you. You didn't get much of a cameo. You couldn't really draw too much from it, could you? Really. Um, but you know, he's going to want to play a bit more. Oli Palmer, no doubt. I mean, the first away game of the season is AFC Wimbledon away. Oli Palmer will be itching to play there against his former team. Dolby, I think, has got every chance of of playing regularly. And who knows, like you say, business. Um, we mentioned him all, all, all weeks. You know, Nick Powell, could he play up top if he comes in? We'll get onto him later. Uh, Alfie May, again, still not signed anywhere. All different options. I mean, look, we a few months ago we had we had Hal Robson Carney lobbying to play up top for us, isn't he? On a, on a free. Um, but yeah, Dolby. Congrats to Dolby on winning Young Player of the Season. Very well deserved. Max Clueth last season, uh, Sam Dolby this season, and Paul Mullen. Did he go back to back? I'm sure he did. Back to back on on all those awards. Um, but definitely, I think players player went to someone else last season. Was it Luke? Young or was it Mullen again last year? I'm not sure. Maybe I think it was Mullen. Maybe I think it was. I think it was you and me trying to be hipsters Maybe. again last season. I, it, all, it all went to. Uh... Well, there you go. So he's defended all his titles, and then the other one's rich. Women's Player of the Season, unsurprisingly, has gone to Rosie Hughes, top goal scorer last season, and Women's Young Player of the Season has gone to Amber Lightfoot, strike partner up top for Rosie Hughes, and Women's Players Player of the Season, uh, defender fullback Erin Lovett, who was one of the 10 to get those historic first 10 semi-pro deals. Um, you know, real huge statement of intent, really. I think I think we're going to see a lot more of the women in season two of the, of the documentary. We've had Gemma on before. We, we know their ambitions to get back into the Champions League, get back into European football, bring that back to the race course. But 10 players, semi-pro deals. All we can say is congratulations to all of them and all the families. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, of course. The club gearing up for that first season in the Adran Premier. You know, they had the one when they'll win over Britain Ferry in the in the playoff back in April. And 
we can realize that ambition now of, of being semi-pro and you know like you said there's, there's there was there's so much attention on the men's team and what's happening there is is incredible but the investment and the interest in the women's side as well is absolutely phenomenal and something I don't think anyone could could ever have imagined or, or envisaged I mean you go back to to that record-breaking attendance you know it wasn't just record-breaking it was record-shattering you know they they tore up the, the the history book in the same way that the men's team did with the points tally this season. It was absolutely unfathomable, you know, that, that what nine and a half thousand at the Kairas to watch a a women's match is it, it's unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Like you said, then they the the first ten getting their semi pro contracts. That's Del Morgan, Phoebe Davis, Aaron Lovett, Katie Sharp, Lily Jones, T.J. Dickens, Mary Gibbard, Rebecca Pritchard, Amber Lightfoot, and Rosie Hughes and yeah, it's got to be fascinating to see how they're covered in a doc as well. It's almost like they deserve their own sort of spin-off doc as well, isn't it? Because that is a, a completely different tale in itself. But, you know, it's also so good that they are under the wider Rex umbrella as well and being given the attention and the same platform to shine as well as, as the men's team who obviously, you know, do get a lot more of the attention. But this is brilliant. And I can't wait as well, Nate, next season to see how they cope because it's going to be really tricky. It's got to be a real step up and obviously... It was close to get promoted anyway. That that playoff final was so tense. It was one of the toughest games I've seen in, in years, really. And you know, it's gone. Just be fascinating to see see how they cope. And you know, the chance of Champions League football at the at, at the race course with a Wrexham side involved is is what you dream about. And you know, if Wrexham women started playing in the Champions League, I know it would probably be qualifiers to begin with. But you'd be looking to break that attendance again, right? Right. Because there'll be so much hunger and appetite. And it's the fact that. Further down the line, we'll see the real impact of this. You know, it's still maybe a bit too early to gauge just how seismic it's been. You know, it looks very impressive from the outside. But in years to come, there'll be so many young girls from North Wales who say, I grew up, I went I went to that game. That was my first taste of football. I realised this is on my doorstep. This is accessible. These are people like me. And now this is a genuine career path. It's a genuine dream to have. Not only is it something you can do, but you can get paid to do it now as well. Semi-pro, you know, it's an actual opportunity. It's so good for, for everyone. It's so good for the region. It's so good for Wales. It's just so good for football. And yeah, I'm just I'm just delighted that, that they have been included and that they've stayed included as well. It's not just been a token gesture when when the takeover happens. That, that was going to be my exact point, is that it definitely, the, the most important element of it for me, it doesn't feel like an afterthought, like that they have to do this. Do you know what I mean? In terms of, you know, you saw Robin Ryan on the pitch during that um, game you mentioned against Connors Key, the, the celebrations, you know, doused in champagne and, and Ryan saying, you know, my daughters have got Rosie, Rosie Hughes as their idol and, you know, all this sort of things. And, and they're just really, they're just a great bunch bunch of girls as well in terms of, you know, you, you hear them talk, they've done media this week, into early in the week about these deals. I mean, there's some quote from Gemma here, which I think, you know, underlines it. And like you say, in the years to come, we'll really get to see the impact of it. Gemma said, this is an historic moment, not just for the football club, but for women's football in North Wales and shows just what young girls in our region can aspire to. All 10 players signed up so far have proved themselves on and off the pitch, not just as fine footballers, but as great role models too, and are fitting pioneers, which is echoing what what you'd said. But I think that's it really. And you know, all this mission statement and, and this... I heard somebody on a podcast, I can't remember what podcast it was now, I think it might have been um, a basketball podcast this week that I was listening to, and they made actually quite a salient point about we're in an era now of um, restlessness, particularly in sport, you know, there's a, you're always in a hurry to get somewhere, you know, you're always in a hurry to be successful, 
and you're always in a hurry to get that next promotion or it's disaster and in their case they were talking about you know building out a team and someone's you know. been listening to the podcast <laughs> you know what i mean you know there's, there's this uh, this and i i thought that was a really interesting point that when i when i finished it i was really listening back and there's a, yeah this this era this period of restlessness and i think it's important you sort of get moments like this whereby no they're building something and 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 if they get a hundred people at a, at a game they still believe the fundamentals you know and if they get ten thousand a game maybe we need maybe we need to get megan on um megan on again who was who was brilliant last time before we played britain ferry get her or after we played britain ferry get her back on and we can talk about more impacts particularly in the adran adran premier but yeah congratulations from from myself and rich uh to all the women and all the families i know lot of excited people um in terms of i think i might have erin lovett's uh what she tweeted and what del morgan tweeted del morgan tweeted can't wait to get started on the new season and erin tweeted absolutely made up to sign my first semi-professional contract with my childhood club and again you know that that's it you know th- they haven't had maybe that pathway that others have, ha- have had they've got it now and and hopefully it's here to stay long may it continue What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, long may it continue indeed, Nath. Um, maybe the biggest headline grabbing news from Rex's point of view this week, there wasn't anything to do with the football. It was, as we alluded to in the intro, the F1 investment and you've already told me off off air for mispronouncing the name of the team that Rob and Ryan have have invested in is when the initial sort of media reports came out they were a bit disingenuous and that the headlines were a bit sexier than the reality of this weren't they they're part of a consortium that's bought was it 24 percent of Alpine that's it, Alpine so basically so, um, so an, I'll, I'll give you the lowdown rich so known as the investor group of that's formed of a couple of things so you've got elements of Rob and Ryan but basically that's formed of Otro capital Redbird Capital Partners, which is you know well known in kind of the Liverpool Fenway Sports Group circles. So you got Ultra Capital, Redbird Capital Partners, and Maximum Effort Investments, which obviously where Rob Ryan and Maximum Effort figures like George Dewey and others like that come in. They've acquired a twenty four percent stake in Alpine, placing the value of that team at around they say nine hundred million euros. Um, you know, and and this is a group that's had previous experience in the NFL, Dallas Cowboys or Toulouse in terms of French football, obviously with Wrexham as well. Um, but from what I gather, there was a lot of questions and I was getting asked this internally at work as well, is what does this mean for Alpine? There's already a drive to survive. Is there going to be lots of hands-on uh, work from Reynolds, from McElhenney? Not, you know, a, a source at Alpine has suggested that's not the case and that it is more of a, you know, this isn't Robin Ryan putting in 
money to buy 24% as some of the headlines, you know, led you to believe, as you said. They are just part of a consortium that also includes actor Michael B. Jordan, who's got a minority stake in Bournemouth. So they're just one of the cogs. But I think they'll probably be there at the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Whether they'll be there at Circuit for the Americas in Austin in the summer, I don't know. I'm not sure whether, I can't remember the exact date of when that is. I'm sure they'll be there if they can and they're not over here. But look, it is exciting. Rob is, you know, very into his F1. Ryan as well, um, from what I gather. And they're just they're just keen to grow, grow the brand. So I can imagine Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon getting some Wrexham merch. Uh, very very soon but yeah would you wear sort of like a maybe a track jacket a Wrexham track jacket I mean I'm, tra- sure. I'm trying to think of some crossover merch it's, we, it's, we could yeah, get you know, the club you shop. know what the most interesting thing for me is though um, is that at Formula 1 and I've, I'm in the paddock semi-regularly I would say I'm going for the British Grand Prix soon and I'll, I'll have to try and ask any of the Alpine drivers about Wrexham or what they know about Wrexham but it's it's a sport whereby people follow individuals Rather, there are people that follow McLaren and Mercedes and Alpine, and that, you know that is the aim. You want people to get hooked onto a team, regardless of the talent. But it is very individual focused, which makes it different and a different strategy. But I think, look, Ryan Reynolds and Robert, what they've done with Wrexham is marketing genius. You know, they managed to get Sir Alex Ferguson into a pre-season video on a Zoom call of all things. You know, they they, they they are just everything they touch turns to gold. So I can imagine if you're Alpine... I was going to say, I, I didn't mention... Did they not, I don't think I mentioned this in the end. Was it last week or the week before? But for the people I've spoken to, and probably I'm repeating myself a bit, but the sp- people I've spoken to at United, they are saying that the only pre-season fixture that's being talked about from their point of view is the one against Wrexham. They are playing Dortmund, they're playing Arsenal, they're playing Real Madrid, but the only game anyone's talking about is Maya versus Wrexham. And they've made it clear, this is internally and externally at Manchester United. They've made it clear it's got to be an academy game, basically. It's going to be youngsters. It's going to be maybe two or three sort of fringe players that you, you do know of. But they are saying, you know, Man United are saying that there's so much interest in that Wrexham game. And, you know, from, from my work point of view as well, the way it's been staffed, it's, you know, the Wrexham game is the big one. That is the one that will get the page views, that will get the money in. There is just so much intrigue in Wrexham. And again, to bring a sort of full circle, there was that dig that, that Bradford had at Bradford had it as I think this was like a supporters meeting or fans something forum, or like yeah. AGM, fans forum, yeah, fans yeah. forum, and, and they were basically saying they're sick to death of Wrexham, they're sick to death of it. But there is so much interest, and people always ask why Wrexham, why does everyone go on about it? And I always see it at the bottom of articles and stuff. People always say I'm sick of hearing about Wrexham. Well, the fact is you're not, because I can tell you from being inside the football industry that Wrexham are page views galore at the moment, and in terms of sort of marketing and getting hits they is only sort of Manchester United you know and I this you know I I generally do would say this that that online you know Wrexham are getting as more hits than lots of Premier League teams and there'll be lots of Premier League sort of reporters who 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 don't get the traffic that that Wrexham ones will and you know it is sort of self-fulfilling the more you go on about Wrexham the more you're fueling it so well Rich you hopefully fingers crossed all being well we're going to get on a transfer insider next week transfer expert and and from one of my early conversations with him he was saying Wrexham are being offered and linked to so many players just to get their name into the onto the merry-go-round do you know what I mean onto the carousel because you know how it works as I do clubs see these names out there and go oh they're available and you know maybe Wrexham are, I suppose quote unquote accelerating with that player which maybe never the case and likely is never the case I mean there's half truths in there some of the players will be real some of them are not but 
it's all there's that much going on with Rex for the minute. They can't come out and shoot down everything. It would be like United. They wouldn't have enough time to do it. But to quickly go back to the F1 because that was that's been a big thing for me this week, big story this week. I thought it was um, a tad ridiculous what Eddie Jordan was coming out with. Um, I'm not sure whether he just felt like he was being. I don't know, controversial or 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 what? But this is what Eddie Jordan said when when he was asked about the investment by the the supporter group, twenty four percent. You know, um, I don't believe it. Is what he said. I don't believe it. First of all, I won't use the word fake news, but I mean, there's absolutely no way, from an accounting point of view, the financial model doesn't stack up. That's number one. This is what he was telling to, of all places, GB News. But go with me. It's all very nice and very sexy to put these figures on things, but they need to be supported and they need to be authorised. I noticed that there hasn't been any reaction from Alpine, which is categorically untrue, or indeed from Renault, which is also untrue, which is the majority shareholder. Uh, And I find that in itself kind of strange to value something at that level of over 700 million. It's preposterous. It's ridiculous. So uh, Eddie Jordan, not a big Deadpool and uh, Creed fan by the sounds of not being a fan of Reynolds and, and Michael B. Jordan, but I think it's exciting, Rich. I think I think it's another element of their sporting portfolio, and um, you know, nothing to be concerned about. It really, in my opinion, nothing nothing that's going to take any eyes off the ball with Wrexham. No, exactly. Again, I think just any any other involvement Robin Ryan have is only good news for Wrexham because it's a chance for you to have you know cross pollination for us to get our name out across different sort of regions and to different people as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, and I think as well. Loosely connected, but Ryan Reynolds having that uh, that deal of S4C now as well. I know he's launching his own TV channel on the Fubo streaming service, and there's going to be Welsh Wednesdays. You know, the fact that Robin Ryan is so invested in the Welsh language, Welsh culture, nobody ever envisaged this would be the case. And Robin Ryan have done more for sort of getting Wales's sort of own independent identity and heritage noticed than anyone else I can ever remember. It's so successful. It's it is just crazy. It's just crazy what they're doing. And again, I people always ask me, do you not get sick of talking about Wrexham all the time? But no, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. We are living our best lives right now, Nathan. Yeah, it's it's crazy what they're doing. They're doing so much, for, not just for the communities we said before, and for women's football, for inclusivity, for all the demographics, but it's the fact that they're so invested beyond Wrexham as well. And I think that you know, we see so many cynics and people criticizing the ownership model it's all it all just stems from jealousy doesn't it really because this is it's still fairy tale stuff and i know people hate it when they use the word rex and fairy tale in the same sentence but deal with it this is a rex and podcast we'll say what we like and yeah interested to see uh see how that works um what programs may they use there i mean i'm trying to think what the most accessible s4c programming would be would it be like firm Fem factor. They've, they've, they've announced they've announced which programs are going to be out there. Um, one of which is about Gareth Bale. So, I can tell you, Rich, if you don't have it in front of you, I can tell you that the so the, so the Welsh Wednesdays on Maximum Efforts Channel and Fubo, these are going to be the programs. Um, Pen uh, Petrolhead, Pen Petrol, uh, Red Wall, Re- very literal Re- Red Wall, Iwal Gorch, uh, Wrexham Our Club, Wrexham Club Knee, Vets, and then Gareth Bale living the dream. Um, is what, and this is what Ryan Reynolds had to say. So people are thinking, why, why is Ryan Reynolds doing more for the Welsh language than any councillor or MP ever has done? Uh, and this is what he said: there is an alarming lack of Welsh content available for American viewing pleasure. That stops today. Well, well actually Wednesdays. 
Um, we're so grateful to S4C for helping bring Welsh programming to a broader audience. I, I just think this is above and beyond what they needed or what people expected them to do. I just... I've not come to expect the unexpected now, but just Rob learning Welsh, I thought was was a great touch. And we've seen Maxine before, and I'm sure she'll be delighted and, and, and so pleased to talk about um, this in future. But yeah, I, I just think it's so above and beyond what, what I envisioned they would do in terms of investing. I expected them to invest in the community, but in terms of trying to change the programming, you know, I remember Adam, I think his, 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 his film, The Adam Project, immediately he wanted Welsh subtitles put on that. I think that's the fourth most watched film on Netflix. I think there was some sort of announcement this week that it was the fourth most watched of all time on Netflix. Pretty sure that's right. Someone will correct me if not. Um, and then it's got Welsh subtitles, which, again, doesn't need to do that, but wants to do that, felt compelled to do that. And, uh, yeah, I think we've struck absolute gold. I think we have the best owner in sports. And... Uh, I know there are a lot of bad ones, but there are also some of the good ones. And so I, I, I think to have that honour is just we are so, so lucky. And uh, yeah, I'm just long may it continue. Nath, back to the footballing side of things then. And as we've mentioned, you know, the transfer window ticking along in the background. Phil Parkinson has said himself not to believe all the rumours that you hear. Some have an element of truth. Others, it's pure fabrication. And myself and Nath always trying to get the insight where where we can on, on players who could be arriving. But we must reiterate that you know, Rexham's point of view is that they are very strong heading into the new season. It wouldn't be viewed as a disaster if there were new, no new signings, it's not just about recruiting good players. It's about recruiting the right personalities as well. You know, Phil Parkinson wants to meet these players when they're just prospective targets. He wants to know what the personalities would be like, how they'd fit into the dressing room. He doesn't want to upset what he's got at the moment. So sometimes you might see a big name, but if they've got a bit of extra attached to them, shall we say, and they're not the right personality or fit for, for what he's building, then... That's where the interest will stop. You know, Wrexham aren't just about buying big names. It's about cultivating the right mentality and, and continuing what we've already laid the foundations for next season. One player, though, who does seem like he could fit that bill, tick all the boxes, Nick Powell. Lots of interest on him. Training with crew this midweek. Naif, I saw on crew Twitter that it sort of went a bit wild and they were... Lots of them aiming maybe some digs at Wrexham saying what happened to, to you signing him. I suppose there's always got to be a maybe boring element of it and Wrexham aren't even in pre-season training yet. So if he wants to stay fit, he doesn't really have many other options in the club where it all started. I, I thought it was somewhat strange that Crew hastily deleted the, the tweet with him in the background, half of his face. I mean, if if they're not signing him or, I mean, are they are they deleting it? because they don't want their fans to get excited and then disappointed. I don't know. I thought that was slightly odd, but, um, you know, lots of their in-the-know or fans acting as they're in-the-know saying, you know, he's definitely going to Wrexham for huge, huge money. We'll see. I think that there's definitely legs in Nick Powell. That, that's not a, that isn't a complete nonsense. Um, you know, he is looking for his next club, released by Stoke. Wrexham is an attractive option for him. Can he get eight grand a week, half his Stoke salary? 
I mean, that would be the top earner in the squad. I, I don't want to get absolutely slammed by everyone who's super, super in for Nick Powell. He'd obviously be an incredible footballer, you know, one of the best players, easily talent-wise in League 2. Can he stay fit? Who knows? He's fit now. That's the main thing. And if we can get him, that'd be a massive coup. But I don't know, jury out for me until until he's holding the Wrexham shirt and then I'm Nick Powell's number one cheerleader. But for now, I'm slightly reticent because I don't... I feel like it's solving a problem that isn't there right now. You know, if, if he comes in in a midfield role, Rich, do you drop Elliot Lee? Which I think is... I mean, I'm not, I'm not overly keen on that. And then do, do you drop Sam Dolby and Oli Palmer and play him just off Mullin in attack? That maybe could work. I don't know. Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts Nick on him? Nick Powell's only started... Well, Nick Powell only started 23 league games in two seasons at, at Stoke. Uh, you know, he, he won Stoke's Player of the Year in 2021, only started nine championship games last season. He's got the ability. He doesn't have the consistency, really. I know you can say dropping down to League Two, he'll, he'll run, the sh- run the show, and he's only 29. We saw Wes Houlihan did in League Two when he played at Cambridge with, with Paul Mullen. You know, he was, lots of Cambridge fans said that Wes Houlihan was the brains of that team, and Mullen was just scoring the goals for fun, which I think was a was a harsh harsh reflection on Mullen's talents. But I think Nick Powell could obviously do a chop. He'd be a brilliant signing. Let's not let's not kid ourselves whatsoever. Oh, no, no. I think Nick Powell I think Nick Powell's level probably would be high end of League One. Right. But I he's just not fit enough and playing enough games. And yes, you can say, let's bring him in to, to add to the squad. He's a fantastic option and we're in no position to to turn that down, you know. He would be a player of immense quality who's worth who, who's worth bringing in. But like you said, he would likely be at one of the highest earners at the club, you'd expect, just because that's the nature of, of his career. He's someone who's been at Man United. He's played a lot in the Championship. He's a big earner at, at Stoke as well. He's he, he will be invested in a project, but he'll still need to you know have some remuneration for for, for his career. And for, for the type of fee that he, he'd be on, he would be one of the biggest earners you'd imagine. He wouldn't be guaranteed to start every week because of his fitness issues. You are taking a risk on a player who, like I've said, has started 23 games, 23 league games in the last two years. This is a 46-game season. So, you know, he in the last two years, he's played half a season of football. He started half a season of football for what we'd be demanded next year. And there's always got to be an element of risk there. And what does it say if you sign someone? You know, we've been signing players on three-year contracts. If you're offering Nick Powell a two, three-year contract as one of our highest earners, and then he's not very fit or he didn't start that often. What type of message that sends out to the other players in the team? And maybe that does disrupt it all a little bit. So, yeah, I'll just be a little hesitant, a little cautious. I think from Rexon's point of view, I fully back them to do the right thing. Mm. Um, so, Rich, you know, I mean, I think North Wales, I think well, wasn't Tommy Kousis did the story say no, Rexon were negotiating with Nick Powell. And yeah, talks were advanced, right. but... I mean, look, I I think there's... You know, speaking to other clubs as yeah, well, I, yeah. I don't think we can say, you know, this is a player who's, who's definitely joining no, Wrexham. No. There's definitely interest, but it's got to be a deal that works for Wrexham more so than for Powell, really. And I just don't think the club... I think the club have acted so sensibly previously since the takeover that I can't see them offering a deal that I don't think is... Yeah. Is in the best interest no, of the club. Right, well, one of the names... I don't think this one has, has, has kind of been floated around too much and there may be nothing in it. I'm currently in the in the in the middle of checking it out. Um Jack Bridge at South End is a name that has been put on my radar as someone that Wrexham have liked in the past. Um Notts County have also liked Jack Bridge and I think they are going to try and move for him. South End, we know their 
um, their issues in terms of that they're, they're well documented and they're still going through that with owner Ron Martin. Um, they were meant to report to preseason training today. Jack Bridge, no show at um, preseason training, as far as I'm aware. Um, my understanding that he didn't didn't show there. Um, again, central midfield. Maybe he's a an alternative option. Maybe they'll be looking at looking at him as an alternative option. We've seen Max Power. Um, some talk that he's bound for the championship, um, and and that there have been other names floated about. I think Wrexham are aiming high, but I also think they shouldn't. Maybe they shouldn't look down. I'm not saying they are, but they definitely shouldn't look down on maybe other talents that they'd have gone for without you know huge huge sums of money that that are in the championship and top end of the league one. I think there is gems to be found. We saw Ryan Barnett hardly had a football league pedigree, and and like you say, it was one of the most impressive players towards the back end of of last season coming in from Solly Hull. I think we'd have all been happy had Andy Dallas come in. You know, again, no real football league pedigree. Um, so Jack Bridge at Southend, one to watch. It sounds like he's definitely on the move. Whether it's towards, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm currently checking it out. But one name that's that's been put across the radar that maybe does represent a maybe more affordable, cheaper option if if Nick Powell ends up in the Championship or top end of League One. Yeah, I think I mentioned towards the end of last season we did sort of a, a dream summer signing. I think I said Kellen Fisher just left Bromley for Norwich City, so we've missed the boat on that one. But I do understand that Wrexham could be in the market for a new left-back or left-wing-back yeah. this, this summer as well. And I have heard whispers of uh, that man Declan John again do, doing the as, rounds. As so have I. Wait. As have I uh, from, from, from sources over in Bolton. Um, they're out in Portugal at the minute, aren't they? So uh, I believe he's there. Um, so I wouldn't say anything super, super imminent, but there is an admiration for Declan John. Selfishly, you know, we want Jacob Mendy to get a lot of games. Rob Ryan res Jacob Mendy. We want him to get a lot of games, but he's going to have to have competition. Gambia's well. Jacob Gambia's, Mendy as well. Gambia's, well, I mean, we can take ownership over Gambia. Surely we can just claim him instead of a whole country. Um, but yes, so I think there's definitely the one to upgrade that. And also, uh, is his name Ryan Innes, who went to Forest Green Rovers this summer? I was told that um, there was interest from Wrexham, but it just didn't end up being firmed up. And then Forrest Green basically put to him a, an offer that he supposedly could not turn down. It was it was far too good an offer um, to turn. But I know he gets on well with Owen O'Connell. I think I'm sure there'd have been a conversation there had Wrexham firmed up their interest. But patience is a virtue, isn't it? I think Wrexham very happy to play the waiting game. Very happy to be patient. Um, and it's it's just positions. More so, I think it's about you know are we going to get to the start of the season with no incomings and no outgoings. And we said at the back end of last season, Rich Max, is he going to go out on loan? Um, is Jake Bickerstaff going to go out on loan? I mean, players are back today when you listen to this on Thursday. Thursday 29th, they're back for preseason training. But there you go. It's uh, a yeah. slow burner. Yeah. Also interesting, uh, just on former Wrexham targets as well, I know Jay Mingy was a player Wrexham were looking at. He's been linked with, uh, I think, West Brom and, Bra- and Birmingham ahead of next season. And, you know, obviously I think... There were the links when he sort of initially moved to Portsmouth with Jay Mingy. And if Wrexham are in the market for another centre mid, who knows what would happen with his situation. But it's a very fluid one, like we've said, and we will reiterate, Wrexham have no interest in buying players just for the sake of it and trying to have a bit of bravado, trying to flex them, financial muscle. The players have to be the right fit, not just per- not just in the ability, but personality-wise. Phil Parkinson wants to, like we say, cultivate that that winning mentality, he wants the right players, he doesn't want to disrupt what, what he started. So just a little bit of patience. The new kit's out, the fixtures are out. Preseason starts now in less than three weeks. Like Nay said, Wrexham players backing training now. 
as well and we will keep you up to date as the summer goes on and it nears that new season like we said Wrexham going in search of back-to-back promotions Rob Brown Red will be with you every step of the way Nafe Thank you very much for joining us once again from your makeshift office setup. Yes, thank you very much. Well, look, next week, the transfer window or the international transfer window will be fully open from the 1st of July. We're going to get transfer guru on. Hopefully he comes with some more rumours because everyone's just desperate for rumours, Rich. It's just Rex on Twitter is just feverish for news. Um, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward Another to... Another thing on, I was on. going to mention on on transfers that I didn't last week because there's been the new EFL rules passes I haven't now for for work permit exceptions so you can buy is it four players per squad now who don't have to have the the usual work permit um criteria so you said are you, you saying, know, are you saying we're going to get some like wonder kid out of are we going to find the next Messi out of like the Argentinian third tier and just game in no work permit requires get four of them in I'm saying I'm saying the new Charlie Trafford um we shall see, but that'll get off the I saw roof. somebody... I, we need to try and get Charlie Trafford on. I don't know what he'd have to talk about, but maybe we need to try because he's he's going to have cult hero status under this. Uh, one for another day, maybe. Let's see. Let's see if we can get him. Or let us know if you'd even want to hear from Charlie Trafford. One for off air, I think this was anyway, and it's, it's gone on too long. But yeah, thank you very much for joining us once again. I'm Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. A massive shout out as well to Brexit-based band Hypnotic for letting us use their music, the stings that you hear in the podcast. There should be a new intro in the coming weeks. Thank you very much for all your help. Again, make sure to send emails. We'll get back to the back to you whenever we can and read some of them out on air. That's all. Take care and we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.